depression, it is an illness. It is the same as uh, diabetes or having diabetes or having high blood pressure. It is an illness too, and it's not just being sad. Ensuring a future without limits for children goes beyond the classroom. Welcome to the AESD Scoop, a nationally recognized podcast for families, educators, and community members. Listen to the stories of people and communities who are empowering the future generation and our children who are already making a difference in their own ways. Tune in every Wednesday to the AESD Scoop. Welcome back, AESD listeners. We're here with AESD Scoop and one of our community partners and actually a fellow Rotarian of mine. And I'm so, so proud to bring her here. I'm going to have her introduce herself and then we're going to get into our conversation. Hello, um, I'm Dr. Padilla Garcia. I'm a family medicine provider here in the Avondale area, and I'm happy to be here to, uh, to talk to you guys. Eva, thank you so much for being here. I had an opportunity through our club to be able to hear the work that you do, and, and you gave such a great explanation of what's going on with people that that might be underneath the surface that I would love our family, our community, our educators, uh, really, and, and I don't know if you know this, our AEST scoop listeners are literally around the world. And, and the topics that you were sharing around mental and behavioral health and how sometimes what seems like typical behavior isn't always typical behavior. Mm -hmm. And what are some of those things that we can do as adults who care about one another and care about our children can, can do to be aware of that. That was what I really would love to have you share with that group and anything else um, that you have to share around the work that you do in our community. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. It's an honor to be talking here to all of you guys. Um, uh, for me, mental health uh, has always been very important because I think that this one of the areas that uh, us as providers and patients can left uh, on the side because uh, sometimes we don't give them the importance they require. And what a lot of people don't know is that that part of the well-being can be affecting your physically and it can affect you in other areas and not just in the emotional part. So that's why I, I like to talk about this. Um, so depression, it is an illness. It is the same as uh, diabetes or having diabetes or having high blood pressure. It is an illness too. And it's not just being sad. Yes, being sad is one of the symptoms, but it's not all that is, it goes with. Right now, with all the pandemic and all the things that we're going through as a human race, um, it's affecting in that area more. Why? Because we've been isolating ourselves for more than two years. So that caused more of this problem. So it was like a pandemic on top of another pandemic with COVID and depression. If you remember, I was giving you guys some statistics when we were talking about this. And prior to the um, COVID pandemic, it was uh, reported that about four out of 10 adults will have a diagnosis of depression. But after or during the pandemic, those numbers increased significantly um, to about six out of 10. Wow. And, it, and it affected all the ages, um, elderly, of course, because they were more isolated. 
either if they were in a nursing home, the family members were not able to go and see them, or if they were living independently um, at home, friends and family were scared of going to see them because they didn't want to bring anything else to them. Without a doubt, we have definitely seen increases of um, behaviors that we didn't necessarily see prior to the pandemic, um, particularly with the returning to school. And yes, um, possibly some depression, and, and certainly I'm not qualified to diagnose that, However, here, concerns and worryment on mm-hmm. parts of parents and, and our adults that work with our children. The, the end, I think that we're seeing is, and again, I, I, I'm not a medical doctor, so would not begin to think I can diagnose this, but the you know behaviors that demonstrate anxiety or stress mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. frustration right. that is far more uh, prevalent than what it was before. Right. Um, so that that's one piece I just wanted to kind of layer into this. The other piece, what I really, really greatly appreciate about what you shared today with our listeners and what you shared in our prior opportunity is the fact that physical health mm-hmm. can actually be a, a uh, demonstration of something else going on. It's right. not, you know, it's not a tummy ache for a tummy ache or waking up with a headache because, mm-hmm. you know, it's something physically wrong there it is actually far more complex in right. my understanding of it than than fixing the physical ailment and so taking care of the symptoms is mm-hmm. one piece really spending time and in digging into is there more here right. that we need to spend some time with yes you're absolutely correct because when we are going through an episode of anxiety or depression you can somatize those symptoms and you can be reporting or you can go to your doctor and tell them when, well, I've been having this belly pain and it's not going away. Well, maybe it's because you've been so stressed and maybe you now with that stress, you're creating some gastritis or some something real that is started with more like the stress and anxiety and everything. Mm-hmm. So, or a headache, it could be a stress headache or it could be tension headache. And we do have some patients that will start thinking, well, maybe it's a brain tumor that I'm is happening in. And the, the minds are just rolling and that yeah. just kind of put you in more, it's going to give you more stress. So exactly. It just actually compounds yeah. it. Yes, right? exactly. Well, yeah. and then not, not to mention the internet search, right? Correct. Yes. Right? <laughs> I, I'm guilty of that. I'm really good at self-diagnosing. Yeah, I that's my it. my biggest competition in here. <laughs> I always have a diagnosis from Google Doctor before I see the patient. So it's I have oh, to. No. Oh no! In in peeling that back a little bit, I'm sure is one of one of the challenges you face on a regular yes, basis. Yes, 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 yeah. it is. Going back to uh, with the depression and the area that we're living, um, so we talk about the isolation with adults, but you're absolutely right. The working force, like the young adults, so the the, yes. the people that is working, it was also very stressful because you knew that you have to go to work, and but you didn't know what, if you're gonna cut something in there, um, if you're not going to bring something to your family members. Right. And that was causing a lot of stress too. Not counting on, the, if you count on all the, the people that lost their jobs during all this. Right. Um, so then the, the financial burden yeah. and the stress right. around that. Yes. 
And um, like your students, they lost contact with their friends, yeah. with other adults that could be a role model for them. And, and be supports for them in the home because families weren't getting together for, you know, holiday yes. events or celebrations. Yeah. Even quite frankly, and, and this is something we don't talk a lot about, but it's something that that always gives me pause is that for families who lost family members mm -hmm. during the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, weren't, weren't able to grieve appropriately right. and yeah. in, in a healthy manner to, to be sitting next to your aunt or yeah. your mom or your grandmother and not to be able to wrap your arms around them and hug them because of the protocols that were in place. Exactly. I think is just heartbreaking. Yes. Just compounding a horrific set of circumstances to begin in just, making it absolutely inexplicable yes you're absolutely right and so uh, i again this has been a problem for many many years but during uh, for the last two years it was just like a worse uh, mm -hmm. scenario and unfortunately we know that therapy works but the providers that can give you those services, they were not available all the time or it, it, the shorter is, is just unbelievable. So you will need to be on a waiting list for months and months and months if you want to see a therapist. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was all that, that it's just adding up to the problem of the, of the mental health right now. It's interesting you're bringing that up because one of the challenges that, that we've had specifically geographically mm -hmm. is that a lot of mental and behavioral health um, providers are not in this area. Typically right. they are downtown toward the more, you know, centralized Phoenix area. Yeah. And when you think about families who have barriers to transportation, mm -hmm. barriers mm -hmm. to time, right? If I miss mm -hmm. work and I, I don't get compensated. So how do I get my child to right. an appointment every other week? Or how do I get myself to an appointment every other week? We, all of those additional barriers that challenge the ability to be able to get support as you said also the long waiting list like mm -hmm. i'm you know we we are in crises right now oh okay well we can get you in in two months exactly and two months is early sometimes yes what do we do for two months right yeah. and then i think the and to that is when we're in crises we're ready to act and ready to do mm -hmm. the two-month waiting period we're out of crises oftentimes that appointment gets canceled even though right. nothing really has been solved right yes. nothing really has been processed yet we're, um, we're not in crises right now so that has been my experience anyway yeah you're absolutely right and fortunately i think that one of the things that the pandemic shows us is that we can do things remotely like having this conversation you are in your office i'm in my office so we oh. can we yeah. can uh, we can communicate that way, and um, it shows that we can provide care for some patients that way. Like telemedicine has been tremendous for that reason. Obviously, it's not for all the type of, of uh, illness or for not for all the patients, but I think that um, it will save travel time for the patient. And um, as you said, that can maybe uh, close one of those barriers of transportation or getting to a place. And maybe mom can be working from home and the kid um, can be doing the therapy with uh, with the therapist if, if that's an option. Mm -hmm. So, but still, yeah, I mean, the availability of the providers is we have a tremendous need for providers. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I, I love what you're saying about the creativity around finding different avenues mm -hmm. to be able to have people be in remote locations. I will share with you that I work 50 miles from where I live. Mm -hmm. and so 
if my daughters have a doctor's appointment, that's yep. incredibly challenging to get there. And as they became of driving age and older, and quite honestly, I'm incredibly fortunate because they, they still both include me in those meetings. Mm-hmm. But our doctors and physicians have been phenomenal mm-hmm. in letting me be on their phone while yeah. they're doing the exam, and which exactly. of course makes me feel so much better to be able to hear, you know, and maybe ask right. about delving questions that maybe one of my daughters have forgotten about, <laughs> you know, that type of, did you ask about this? Yeah, that type of thing. Um, but to be able to be present and yet not miss a half day of work because an right. hour there and an hour back yes. plus the appointment, right? Yes. Yes. So that has been phenomenal. And, and, you know, I, I say this to all providers that mm-hmm. your flexibility around that has, has really been an opportunity that has allowed me to be a, a better caretaker for my daughters. And then yeah. I agree with it. The pandemic has opened up so many avenues for mm-hmm. that, that I wonder, right. I, I, will this be kind of the direction we go? And while of course not holistically, right. There are some things right. that obviously are done face-to-face way better. However, there are also some, you yeah. know, real quick, Hey, uh, let's get on. Let's talk. This is what's going on. And it's just a win-win for everyone. Right. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because I have seen the like evolution of all this. And as you say, for, for us, our working moms and uh, we right. want to be, <laughs> where wanna be there. Right? And everything. Yes. This is, is this fantastic. But like for my elderly pa- patients, Mm-hmm. Going to the doctor is the only social interaction that they will Good have point. in a month. Yes. So they value the office visit a lot. And I like to spend more time with them uh, because, again, a lot of times this is all that they have. Mm. They, they're living alone or the, if they live with family members, everybody's busy working and doing their thing. So um, having that contact with another adult is just valuable for them. And I offer them like telehealth appointment. And most of the time they refuse to do that. Right. They just want to be here. They want to be seen. They, they want to be touched. They want to be look at you in your eyes and, and, and get that connection. So oh, that makes yeah. perfect sense. That undivided attention of you're listening, right. you're hearing me. Yes. Oh, that's, yeah. that's so important. What yeah. an excellent point. It's interesting because I was trying to figure out, strangely enough, just this morning, I was talking with my family at home and my, my father has just moved into long-term care. And, mm-hmm. and my mom was saying that getting him to the dentist was good in the sense that everyone at the dental office knows him. So he, there was a lot of comfort in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, taking him to like a grocery store or to a pharmacy to get immunizations mm-hmm. would be very difficult because it's, an, you know, a lot of the stimuli, just too many people, you know, that type of thing. And my wonderment was, I actually had two wonderments. One was, why can't we do immunization clinics in assisted living facilities and long-term yeah. facilities like that, that in my mind, and again, the pandemic, <laughs> an unintended benefit is that we can do that, right? A pharmacist can go in and, mm-hmm. or nurse practitioners or, or nurses can go in and do immunization clinics with, on site. Right. However, the dental piece 
was just what you described of he's in a known setting. Mm -hmm. He's with people who know him and have cared for him for years. Yes. And that actually is a great opportunity for him to be out and and, and to engage with people who he would not be engaging with on on a day-to-day basis. Right. That's what triggered my thought. That's super, super interesting. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it is interesting how depending on where you are in life, you Mm -hmm. can see things differently. So that has been my observation in the last two years. Mm-hmm. That lens, I think, is incredibly important and incredibly important when um, we think about where we individually are in life. And so mm-hmm. so I have, you know, obviously my daughters that, mm-hmm. that are very much present in my life and their care and well-being mm-hmm. and also looking toward my parents. Yes. And and how to support and navigate and make sure that they have what they need. It's a very different lens. And I bet that when your parents were independent, you didn't have to think about it. No. It wasn't part of your... No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And as a matter of fact, still living in the world of, I'm their daughter. Yes. And we're incredibly fortunate. My my mom is a retired RN and and incredibly fortunate because she knows an incredible amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and can care and, and quite frankly, can do anything. She's mm-hmm. the most courageous and, and strong person that I know. And to some extent, maybe knows too much because then she takes <laughs> on all of it, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and still is the most courageous and strong woman I know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, I just say that as it's an interesting place. So, mm-hmm. so actually, so that's my question for you. So as a caretaker, mm-hmm. right? What are some of those things that we, and caretaker applies to everyone, right? Whether it's adult to child, child to parents, friends, colleagues Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. work, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever the relationships, human to human. Mm-hmm. What are the what are those things that that we want to do to be able to shore up other people to be able to engage in a positive way to have an awareness around the people who we know and care about to be able to support if there might be something that is lingering or or some you know just having an awareness are there things we should pay attention to if we if we know that person well we we need to start looking into their expressions too and like the behavior around you just to make sure that they're not getting like for example your mom made it which is a caregiver mm-hmm. um a lot of times the burden on them could be very hard and they can start feeling like overwhelmed with all, all that mm. responsibility oh, sure and it's just like just here and there just ask them and i think that uh, we forget to ask how are you feeling but is it the how are you feeling with a like with another intention because if, if you ask me if I, I if I see you on Wednesday at Rotary yeah. hey how are you good I'm good you're great that, yeah. That, yeah that's good <laughs> that is that's in the moment but when you get to know the other person more it's just like sometimes you can just catch like she doesn't look the same today mm-hmm. like this example your mom well mom are you doing okay but truly, are you feeling this way? Just ask like a more personal question um, and, and see the, the answer. Sometimes I can open up the, the case the, the, and they can start talking more about how they really feel and they're feeling in that moment. I, I understand that we are busy in our lives and we just try to keep going and going. And sometimes we just forget that there's people around us. And that uh, if you're feeling not so good today, maybe that we're not feeling so good yesterday. And it's just like a reminder that we just need to be people and care for one another. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, Eva, you, you, as you're saying this, you're saying as you pause, I'm thinking in my head, human. Yes. That that yeah. that human, human yeah. kindness that yes. says, you know, wow, I'm happy to see you. Yes. I, I care about you. Yes. I, you know, you're a part of our community. Yes. Yeah. That, you know, that it's interesting because in, in Avenue, we call it the ASD family and it's this mm -hmm. family feel because, because we're, we're in this together. We show up every single day to be I, able to support and grow our community as we, we bring in a, additional resources and relationships mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you being one of them to be able to say you're a member of our community. Right. And in the bottom line, it, it's letting our kids know, our families know, our staff know, each mm -hmm. of us know there's people outside of us who care about us, right? Who want to ensure we call it our limitless future for our kids. We want to ensure that limitless future for our kids. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm going to go one step further. And I know you have two kids at least. Do you have more mm -hmm. than two? Yes, I have two. We want our kids to know they don't have to go anywhere other than right here in our right. community. And, and to have that limitless future and have a fantastic career and family mm -hmm. and be a member of that community as they grow older, because we we're leaning into that. Right. I want our kids to know that. I want my daughters to know that, mm -hmm. right? I want mm -hmm. our staff to know that here. Right. I want the people we're so fortunate to work with um, through Rotary, that extended arm of this caring community that right. I think just plays out over and over and over again. Yeah. When I heard you speak that that first time, I wanted <laughs> to have members of our AESD Scoop community hear it, to be able yeah. to hear your your voice around it, hear your thoughts around it, and your expertise, and know that all of us are caretakers for one another. Right. And having that awareness that human, that person to person. Piece. Yeah. And, and if you, I, I always like to, and my conversations, see this with my patients here in the office, or when I do, and I talk about this, that um, I want you guys to remember that um, mental illness or depression, or you call it whatever it needs to be called, but there is hope and there's help yes. and that we don't have to suffer alone and that all that it takes is just ask for help because there is help out there that we can reach and it, it, it's not it doesn't have to be a, a, a doctor it doesn't have to be a counselor because um, if you go to church uh, very likely either the the priest or your pastor has some experience in counseling and you can get some advice from them or it could be just your best friend just tell them i'm feel that i'm not doing so well right now or just talk and and if you do have a doctor and you want to talk to them you need to talk because i don't know if you're suffering from depression if you don't tell me right. so so that, that is important that we need to be more open uh, about it and, and just ask for help because again, there's hope and there's help that we can give for patients right. with, with that are suff uh, suffering through that. Thank you so, so very much for your time, okay. for your expertise, for being a part of our amazing community. Uh, thank you for the invitation. I hope that this is useful for a lot of listeners and um, yeah, this is, this is fun. <laughs> Awesome. And these are resources right here in our community. So thank yes. you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.